0: Well, today, my title of my message is The Only Cure for Fallen Humanity. There's only one cure for fallen humanity. There's only one cure for what's going on in our world today. President Biden's not going to solve it. Trump getting back in is not going to solve it. Listen, we're in the position we're in because the church has not been right. The church would get right Things would change. I'm telling you that right now. It's honest to God truth. If you know the word, he said, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, he'll hear us from heaven. And then he'll heal our land. Well, the healing hasn't come yet, so apparently we haven't turned away from our wicked ways. We're, we're not humbling ourselves enough. And I'm not talking about New Hope. I'm talking about the church in general. There's an issue in the land that we need to take care of. So today we're going to read out of John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. If you'll stand with me as we read this morning. It's the most famous verse in all the world. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Dear Heavenly Father, we are here today and we've been celebrating, Lord, your love for us. We are so grateful that you first loved us. And we are here to lift up our hands, to glorify you, God, to give to you, to get into your word, Lord, that you may transform us, that you can continue to grow us, that Father God, that we would have a deeper understanding of who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, that we would never forsake what we know in Christ Jesus. But Lord, that you didn't come to condemn us. So Lord, we do not condemn ourselves. We come before you with open hearts today to hear from heaven, God, that you would speak to us and transform us continually by the hearing of the word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Jesus came to save us, amen? He came to save us from what? Hell, eternal damnation. He doesn't want anybody to burn in that lake of fire. Nobody. He wants us all to be saved. And I believe that we need to be doing our part to do that, amen? One thing we have to understand is he didn't come to condemn us. Jesus did not come to condemn you or me. Don't let the devil do that too. Don't let the devil can do, you know, if you make a mistake, Don't let the devil condemn you. Man, you're born again, you know Jesus. Just say, whoa, man, I did something, I shouldn't have, forgive me. And keep going, amen? Don't let it get trapped in that condemnation that the enemy tries to bring us because Jesus came out of extreme love. Everybody say extreme love. Extreme love. And this is the answer for what ails the world, salvation. Salvation is the answer. You know, that book I read to you last week about um, revolutionary in world evangelism. That guy is from India and he's, he's seen a lot. He's seen a lot of people come over there and do good things. Jake, could you hit that fan for me, please? I know it's hot, but sweat it out for another 20 minutes, maybe 30 all right, we'll go 40. But that, that guy, KP Yohanneman, he writes in that book, he said, you know, a lot of people come over to India and they do good things. They, they build hospitals, they build orphanages, they, they start feeding programs, they, they take care of the needs of people, they build schools. And he said, so I took a team to go and visit an area where they built a hospital. He said, because I figured that because they built that hospital, there must be many churches around there. So when the team got there, there were no churches. There was just the hospital. And he said, we don't need your hospitals. We need Jesus we don't need you to come and start a feeding program because people are still gonna die and they're still gonna go to hell. See, if you don't bring Jesus, then you haven't brought anything. He said, because Jesus is the saving grace. Jesus is what's gonna break what ails that that part of the world. Jesus is the answer. He says, People are dying every day and going to hell and people are doing good things but there's no Jesus preached. I did a, I taught a class at Bethel College one time on world missions and it said what, what I in my studies because I had to write the course that 25% of missions preach the gospel go and they help people. That's not missions, according to the word of God. That's humanitarian aid, but they label it as missions because they love God and they're gonna go, but nobody's brave enough to preach. People still are going to hell because nobody is brave enough to stand up and say, We're here today because Jesus loves you. And he said, he came as the son of God, left the throne room of heaven to lay down his life, to pay the penalty for all of our sins and sickness and disease, so that we could believe in him and have everlasting life. You see, at some point the body of Christ has to become so courageous that that becomes our message. Amen. That we stand up, we speak and we're not afraid to do it. We've got to get out of that fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm bold, I'm strong, and I'm in Jesus. And I'm gonna tell people, because you can feed all the people you want, but if they don't know Jesus, you just fed somebody. Now that's a good thing, but can you imagine if they got Jesus and then the food? Can you imagine if they, the, the hospital was built around the church? See, cause like the, he wrote in his book, he said, people come in and they, they build the hospitals and nonprofit organization. But as soon as that person dies, their vision goes away. And now it becomes for profit. Now it's not about saving the people around, everything changes. But when, when you change the atmosphere spiritually, I was in, I pulled up in India, a long trip on a dirt road. And when I got close to the village, they stopped. The village people had come out to meet us. Now I was a little scared, Ron, because it was a little different. They had spears, they're pounding their spears on the ground and all their spears had rattles. They had big headdresses on with big horns and stuff coming up. And I went with my friend, Jerry Thronson. He came with me. I looked at him, I said, do you think they're gonna eat us? (laughs) He said, I don't know. And we got out and we walked into the village with them, pounding their spears and praising God. We walked all the way through the village, all the way to the end to about, 12 foot by 12 foot But 70 people crammed in there. And it was hot. And I was in the jungle. And I preached Jesus to them. I preached healing to them. Laid hands on every single one of them and prayed for healing over them as they gave their lives to Jesus. It doesn't matter where you go. The only answer is Jesus. That is the answer. That's what's gonna say. See, that's what breaks a poverty mindset. See, cause they're clothed in darkness right now. So if you bring the light, you can push off the poverty mentality, amen. You can push back against the darkness and then God can begin to work and do something in there, amen. God can do something in them. Amen. You just gotta push back against the darkness. You gotta be willing to just push, push hard. You gotta be willing to go. Sometimes it's just walking across the room. Sometimes it's just telling your kids about Jesus, amen? That God has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. And point number one is, and it's most important is, God loves you. Yeah. God loves you, amen? Remember, he even told Jeremiah, you mentioned it today, Liz, that, that he, God knew Jeremiah before he was even in the womb. And this was fallen mankind. This was before Jesus came. God knew him, amen. And the Bible declares that we love him because he first loved us. Man, when you experience the love of God, I'm telling you, some of y'all need to get down on the altar a little bit more. It gets a little heavier down here. You know, when you're his presence, and it's just, it's beautiful. His love, man, his love is overwhelming. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he's, God said, I'll send Jesus to be the sacrifice for you. I'll, see Jesus, I'll send Jesus to pay the price for all your sins. I'll send Jesus to pay the price for all your sickness and disease. I'll send Jesus to take the stripes for you. I'll send Jesus so that we could live that we can thrive in Christ, amen? And it takes me into number two, his love for us. Out of his love for us, God created us with a free will. You get to decide, isn't that beautiful? He's not up there beating you on the head saying, you gotta do this, he's up there going, come on, come on, do this, come on, surrender to Jesus, come on, I have so much for you, come on, I have so much, I wanna bless you so much, come on, Untie my hands today, God would say. Untie my hands so I can bless you, Jake. Come on, just, just, I I give you the free will. We're not puppets. Amen, we're not puppets. God gave us a free will on whether to follow him or not. And I, I won't ever try and make anybody follow him, but I will encourage you, follow Jesus. Don't follow the world, follow Jesus. Mark makes it very clear in chapter 16 of his book. In verse 16, he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Amen? That's it, he who believes will be saved. What are we saved from? From damnation, from hell, from the lake of fire. You know, who, who believes is saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. It's a total freedom on what we wanna do. But I say, choose Jesus. Amen, walk with Jesus. Don't play with the world, just walk with Jesus. And we just read that Jesus didn't come to condemn us, amen. God knows that a forced relationship involves no exchange of love. A forced relationship involves no exchange of love. And why did Jesus come? It's a, it's a question, why did Jesus come? To save us, because he what? Loves us, it's a love thing. God loves you. Remember, he's not trying to condemn you. And why would would a good God send people to hell? He doesn't. You decide where you're gonna go. He gave you free will. And you say, well, what about them people that are in the jungles? What about them? If you care that much about those people, go talk to them. If that's your, your reasoning, you know that there's people that aren't going to hear. God reveals himself in nature. God reveals himself by that beautiful sunset, by that beautiful sunrise. God's always revealing himself. And listen, the people out in those jungles out there, they worship somebody. Everybody worships something. John, 1 John 4, 16, it says, we know how much God loves us and we've put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Very strong statement in there. He said, we have put our trust in his love. Do you trust him? Have you put your, your trust in his love? And this takes us up you know, to the fall of mankind. When you you look into the real nature of Adam and Eve's sin, it was deeper than just eating the fruit and disobeying a command of God. Way deeper. The temptation they faced was directed at their belief and their trust in God. Did they believe? Did they trust? Adam and Eve were equipped with everything they needed to not sin. They didn't have to sin. They even knew God. I mean, God would come down in the cool of the day and walk in the garden with them. They knew him. They seen him. They had everything they needed to make it. But what the enemy did is he found an area of trust. That needed that they that he could open up the devil played on their trust issue with God and got them to give in to eating the thing that was forbidden and that's what the enemy does to each one of us he looks for areas where you may lack trust in God and that's the area he goes after he plays on that now, sometimes as Christians, we feel like, you know, we're rocking, we're rolling, and we're above sin. We, I, I had one pastor tell me he doesn't sin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I was like, wow. And, um, but when we feel like we're above sin, you can become careless. You know, it's like when you have a a false sense of security and safety, you know, um, when you avoid the the physical act of something, but still allow the lust or the hate to dwell in your heart. See, that's where the enemy gets you. He trips you up that way. You know, in Matthew chapter five, verse 27, Jesus said, you've heard the commandment that says, you, you must not commit adultery. But I say that anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So it becomes a heart issue, not a flesh issue. It's a heart issue that needs to get worked out, needs to get weeded out of our lives. Obedience to God is the best way to go through this life. Obedience to God, what got God What got to God was the fact that Adam and Eve doubted his instruction and failed to trust their greatest friend. Nobody, look at your neighbor and say, nobody. Nobody. Loves you as much as Jesus. So he's not gonna trip you up. He does not gonna condemn, he's not gonna trip you up, but he wants you to what? He wants you to succeed. God wants you to be successful, amen. But when that broken trust came, it brought that division between them and God. You know, it's like in a husband and wife relationship, if if I went out on the lawn, if I had an affair, there's broken trust. Broken trust this way, and what we break trust with God this way too. We do it in our hearts, in our minds, by our actions, even by what we don't do. this leads us to number three, we fail to do good. How do you want to do good? I want to do good all the time. Don't always do good. Sometimes I say stupid stuff. <laughs> Just ask Delanda, she'll tell you. But <laughs> well, there's times that I failed to do good and we all fail to do good. In James chapter 4, 17, he says, therefore to him who knows to do good, and does not do it, to him it is sin. See, if you know to do good, if you know to do something good and you don't do it, it's what? Sin. It's sin. And so we, we've, got to, we've got to step up to the plate when we know to do good and do what? It's simple, it's not a, not a hard quiz, good. <laughs> do good. I'm not trying to trick you. <laughs> Just do good, amen, do good. And and I believe that the, the goodest thing, the goodest, is that a word? The goodest thing that we could ever do is tell somebody about Jesus. The goodest thing that we could ever do is love somebody into the kingdom of God. The goodest thing we could ever do is lay down our life as a sacrifice for Jesus to tell somebody about him. That's the goodest thing you could ever do. But just remember they have a free will their free will, they might say, yeah, I'm good. And you're like, oh man, but I just stepped out in faith like pastor's been telling me. I just told you the whole gospel. I've been studying. I've been learning. You're not gonna receive him. Are you kidding me? That's when you walk away, okay? Because not everybody's gonna receive him. But that's not our, our problem. Our issue is I'm gonna tell him. You know, there are sins, um, the sins that we know not to do and we do them anyways, it's called sins of omission. How many of you have ever done something that you know you shouldn't have done? Uh, If you're not raising your hand, uh, let's talk afterwards. (laughs) when we know we shouldn't do it and do it anyways, sins of omission. Now there are sins of commission, which means we didn't know it was sin and we did it. Now I have i remember I had a men's Bible study. We used to meet here at 6 a.m. every day and we'd, we'd read the word and pray for an hour, every day. And when you read through the word, there's things in there that tells you don't do this. And so one brother, he he said, why'd you have to tell me that pastor? Why'd you tell me that? I said, what's the problem? He goes, I like that. But how many of you know, yeah, he liked that sin, but now he's going, now now it's sin to him. But listen, how many of you ever been in the speed zone? You didn't know what the speed limit was. You got pulled over for speeding and he said, but I didn't know what the speed limit was. And that offer says, that's not my problem. It's not God's problem that you don't know right from wrong according to the word of God when he gave you the whole thing to read. Those are sins of commission, but it's still what? Sin. sin. I told you, we're gonna go through the word and we're gonna understand everything by the time I'm done and you're gonna get it, it's still sin. I." I The Bible is full of good things that we are to do, amen. What's the will of God? What's the will of God? What's the will of God? I mean, come on, I told you this morning already, I I, I put it up, you memorized it. To be thankful. (laughs) That, That scripture, we just memorized it. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, amen. Be thankful, don't forget it. That's the will of God, amen. So you know to do good, you gotta be thankful, amen. And now, you know, you don't, you're not thankful when you have a car accident. I mean, I'm not thankful when I have a car accident, but what I am thankful for is that I walk away, amen. amen? I remember Scott Allen who used to be here crashed On the 91 freeway, he says 65, probably 70 miles an hour, maybe 75. You know, nobody does 60 if they can't, they don't have to. But he crashed, totaled his car. Now he wasn't thankful that he got in a crash, but he was thankful he walked away unhurt. He was thankful that God blessed him with a better car and it got paid for. He was really thankful about that, amen. And so so even in the bad things, you can find stuff to be thankful for, amen. I'm sure, Greg, You a year ago, you weren't thankful for being in the hospital, but you were thankful you got out, right? You were thankful that the Lord is Jehovah Rapha, amen? You can always find the gold in something to give thanks. The Bible's full of good things. And it comes down for us to separate the two, the sin and not sin, amen? So I'm gonna give you a definition of sin. You ready for this? Here we go. This is sin. Sin, a willful or voluntary rebellion against God's holy law. Let me say it again, just let it sink in. A willful or voluntary rebellion against God's holy law. That is sin. So now you know. You know what the word of God says, and when you don't do it, you're willfully choosing to sin. You know, we used to do evangelism that, you know, uh, it's called the way of the master. And we'd go out and we'd interview people, and set up a camera, much like this. We'd get a camera and a microphone And we'd talk to people and we'd say, hey, are you a good person? We'd stick a microphone in their mouth. and they'd say, oh yeah, I'm a good person. I said, okay, Um, have you ever stolen anything? Absolutely. I'm not gonna talk to him today. (laughs) Have you ever had a lustful thought thought about another woman? Absolutely, when I was younger. (laughs) You're gonna get in trouble, Dwayne, I see it right now. <laughs> okay, so you never lied. Okay, I lied. <laughs> okay, by your own account, if you were God, would you let you into heaven? Nope. You're a lying, cheating thief. But I've been saved. Amen. And so if people weren't saved at that point, I'd say, but today is your lucky day. You're talking to me and you can meet Jesus and he'll forgive you for all that. And you can give your life to him so that one day you will go to heaven. Amen, that's kind of evangelism. Now that's really, really rough. I mean, I had a hard time doing that kind of evangelism, but that's what the kids wanted to do. So I had to show them how. But people would, people would be lined up to get interviewed. They didn't know. <laughs> that, then they'd kick me out because I had a line of people wanting to talk to me. The Bible is full of good things, but this is sin. And, and it's, it can be found in what we are, our mind, our heart, and our attitudes. It can be found in what we do, sinful acts, and what we fail to do, falling short in doing right. And the great thing about it is we all get to make our own decisions. We all get to decide how we're gonna do this life, amen. We all get to decide how we're gonna finish this life. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation, everybody say no temptation. no temptation, has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So when it says, God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond, what you are able. A lot of people say, God will not give you more than you can handle. Okay, that's not what that means. That scripture, if you can find it, God will not give you more than you can handle. Please let me know. I haven't read that one yet. But he does say, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. He said, I will always provide a way out of temptation for you. I will always give you an exit. Buildings on fire, there's an exit right there. There's a fire hose and an exit right next to each other. And there's a fire extinguisher next to the fire hose. God will always provide a way out. He'll give you the fire hose to put out that fire of temptation, amen. He says, I will. He says, I'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. And it's up to us in all of our decision-making in life to take a moment and ask God, should I do this? Should I not do this? And wait, or, or, or if you already know it's wrong, God, can you give me a way out? He'll give you a way out. But we, when we go in too fast in life, when we can't take a minute, to check, that's where we get in trouble. Because he says, I'll always provide a way out. It's about learning, about training ourselves to trust God for the escape route. I'll give you the route out. God will show you another way so you don't have to give into the sin that the enemy's trying to drag you into. I bet Adam and Eve right now, wish they would have had an escape route at that minute. They could have, would have, if they would have asked, if they would have just stood up on what they knew. A lot of times, that's all it is. Stand on what you know. If you've read the Bible, stand on what you know. Just don't do it, amen? Don't give in to what your flesh is telling you. Amen, Pastor Ron. Ron. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys are just thinking really hard today. (laughs) But remember Adam and Eve's downfall was that they doubted and didn't trust God. Do you trust God? Do you doubt God? Do you doubt him for anything? And you know, when you do doubt him, when you act on your flesh and you don't trust, that's what this is for. Just come here, kneel down next to your bed and say, Father, I made a mistake today, forgive me. Just always remember this. Go back to number one. He loves you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He loves you. And he's here today. He's here. He'll be with you tomorrow, the next day and the next day, and the next day forever. He says, I'll never leave you. He's always with you so that we can humbly come before his throne of grace and mercy, and we can humble ourselves before him. And we can repent. We can ask for forgiveness and he'll give it to you. Amen? He'll give it to you. His intention is that we be saved. That's all he wants, that we have that eternal life, that one day when that trumpet sounds, We go, we're out of here. Ask your neighbor today, will you go? He wants us all to go. He wants us all to one day to be with him. And it's a love thing that he gives us a choice. He's not trying to force us to love him. He just loves you so much. He loves you so much, amen. It just comes down to life and death. We have to decide, choose life or not. Choose Jesus or not. Walk it out or not. But like Adam and Eve, God will come be with you. He will talk with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. He loves you so much. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to help you. He wants to lift you up. He's not here to put you down. He's not here to condemn you. There's just certain things that God can't be around. Certain things God can't handle. He's holy. And sin is that thing that he just can't stand. He can't be around that because of his holiness. And that's why we need the the blood of Jesus to cover us and just wash us and cleanse us so that when God looks down upon us, he sees the blood of Jesus And he says, ha, look at Delonda, she's so lovely. She's so pure, she's so holy because she's under that blood covering of Jesus. She's under the blood of what Jesus has done and it's washed her and it's cleansed her and it's purified her. And it's purified you and you and you and you. We just have to stay in that covering. Heavenly Father, here we are before you today. I thank you, Father, for your love for each one of us, God, that you sent your son Jesus to go on that cross so that we could not doubt and we could trust in you wholly and completely That we could surrender all to you, Jesus. That we could be forgiven of our sins and washed and made holy the way that you're holy. Even in this fallen world. Lord, in this fallen world, we know that Jesus is the answer. Lord, that's why we're here today because you are the answer to what ails fallen humanity. And we decree and declare today, Jesus, that we need you. We need you so much. We need your loving kindness and your tender mercies, Lord. We need it. We need your forgiveness. Lord, that you forgive us of all this junk that we've done, Father God, even the stuff, even the knowing you, the stuff that we've continued to do, God, I pray that you forgive us today, God. And that you help us, Holy Spirit, to not continue in our sins, Lord, but that we be free from it. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need to make a commitment to Jesus today. I'm gonna do two things. You either need to make a commitment to Jesus, or you know you've had some continuing sins that you need to just surrender today. First one is, if you need to make a commitment to Jesus, just raise your hand and wave at me today. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, number two. You know you got some stuff going on in your life that you need to get rid of. If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. 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 Well, Father, you see all our hands today, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just break those chains today, God. Even as we've sung and we've declared today, God. That when we leave this place today, Lord, we leave, Father God, set on not doing that anymore. But Lord, we leave more than that, we leave set in your love, in your forgiveness. Lord, let us submit every day to you wholly who we are let your love just abound in our hearts and our minds every day, God. That we stay stuck on who you are. And Father God, that you would just give us your strength today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God is good, isn't he? His presence is here today and don't forget, don't forget tomorrow when you get up, don't forget who he is and what he's doing in you, how much love he has.